Ben Jawalski, what's going on? Coming in hot 21.2. Oh, I just watched Laura throw down on that thing. It's a scary workout. We'll get all into the details. But before we do that, I want to talk about 22.1 first. Can we we do (laughs) that? Really quick. It's terrifying to think that the second fittest woman woman on earth was resting on her burpees. <laughs> like that's oh, terrifying. I know <laughs> we're getting, we're getting all of that. I was. Uh, all right. Yeah. Let's I, do 21.2 or 20, 22.1 really quick. How did it go for you? Uh, we ne- we didn't really talk about uh, how it went for you. <laughs> so I was at a, uh, I was a, coach at an elk hunting training camp where I think we kind of talked about this. The first one that I did where basically I was the fitness instructor for this camp filled with aspiring backcountry archery hunters. So they have to be really, really fit. And a lot of these guys who go to these camps, they're not fit at all. And they use backcountry archery as like a reason to be fit. So it's really cool. And I get to introduce them to CrossFit and explain, you know, what CrossFit's all about. Well, at this camp, we go, you know, it's early mornings to late nights and we were slotted, slotted to do Friday night lights, um, myself and the camp organizer, who's an ex CrossFit gym owner. Uh, we, we were signed up to do Friday night lights and literally like I walked in and there was like 90 seconds. So I walked (laughs) in to Friday night lights at CrossFit unknown Kaysville, I think is what it's called. Um, middle of nowhere, Utah, in my opinion, great people, amazing energy for Friday night lights. Like it was unbelievable, but I walk in there. Don't say hi to anyone. Don't sign a waiver. Nothing. Walk in my buddy, Evan, who was the one who signed us up, looks at me. He's like, Ben, 90 seconds. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I took off my jacket, took off my sweatpants and then ran over to the line and started the workout. And needless to say, that is not a good warm up for that particular workout. My back blew up in a bad way. And I got a honestly a pretty bad score for my personal standards. But you know what's great? I didn't really care. I had a blast. I beat the guy who's who had time to warm up by one rep, and that's all I cared about was I'm beating Perfect. Evan by one rep, and I did. <laughs> Perfect. Well, so I'll tell you what I did. Uh, yeah. And funny enough, all the sponsors of our show are going to come up in this and because I really use them, but it was really funny. So um, on Thursday, I'm going to catch a little hell for this because I know I said I was going to be one and done and I fully intended to. And technically, God. I still I still was technically. Um, I decided on Thursday I was going to do a run through. Once we had the workout, I'm like, I can do this in my basement, you know, but I was I didn't record it and it wasn't judged. So I knew the score wasn't going to count. So I don't count that as doing it, but I was going to run through it and I was going to use a lighter weight. I was going to use the 35 pound dumbbell and just see how it felt, you know? And then I started feeling pretty good. And so I ran through it at a pretty decent speed and I wasn't at my max speed, but you know, I was moving a pretty decent clip for me and I did it on Thursday. Well, then I was planning to redo it or to actually do it, you know, in a scored environment on Sunday. And so I was going to go and I did go to uh, Chagrin Falls CrossFit here in Cleveland. And uh, so the night before I took some third Z, which we'll talk about in a bit, which is this, you know, sleep supplement that we support and dude, it knocked me the F out, like out. I set my alarm. I overslept my alarm. That was my first problem. You know, but I slept great. <laughs> so that was a huge plus. So I get up, 
Uh, I go make my breakfast. I supplement my breakfast with a UCAM bar because I know this is going to be a tough workout. And I was planning to do more after, right? I'm like, you know, it's a 15 minute workout. I'll go do it. And then I'll do something after. So I'll take a UCAM bar. It'll give me enough energy to kind of do a 45 minute to an hour long workout. Use our code scale, by the way, to save 20%. <laughs> but so I get to CrossFit and, um, I, you know, I do, I warm up and I wouldn't say I, you know, I spent a ton of time warming up. I got warm enough, you know, and the owner's like, all right, you ready? Uh, I'm like, yeah, who else is doing with me? They're like, oh, just you, you know? And so now I got like two people watching me shouting at me the whole oh, time. Crowd. <laughs> well, if, you got to keep in mind though, Ben, I work out in my basement by myself right, right. all the time. So having pressure. two sets of eyes on you, literally telling you to not take breaks is stress inducing, like really stress inducing. Now I went in having my plan in place because I'd run through it. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to cycle the dumbbell in the first three rounds. I'm going to do really fast singles, change at the floor, spend, you know, kind of put my effort into being quick on the box and quick off the wall, you know, not spend a lot of time under tension, which I thought was a pretty good plan. The good thing, anyone who's ever coached me needs to know that, uh, has complained in the past that I don't listen to them needs to understand. I also don't listen to myself because that is not what I did. <laughs> it's absolutely not what I did. I went in, I cycled the first round. I looked up at the end of the first round. I was about a minute and a half in and I'm like, Oh, yep. that was way too fast. You've come out far too fast. Yep. And, but I never stopped. And I got a, I got a full round more than I did at home when I walked through, there you go. Nice. but, but nice. it hurt, dude, it hurt bad. Like I got in that last round and you know, I don't, I don't get to that red line very often, hardly ever at home. And man, I was, I was pushing it a little bit for me. Uh, so it was fun, but, and keeping, you know, full, uh, you know, consistency with every RX open I've ever done. I kind of injured myself a little bit. And so I'm like, look at that. I'm perfect record of injuries to RX ratio. So Excellent. Excellent. We just, I just know you must be the softest guy, you know, just like every RX workout, immediate injury. Hey, it's like you go into it ready to be injured. We can't all be 20 years old like you, Ben. Come on, yeah. dude. I'm 51 19. years old. I'm 19. 51 years old. And I, you know, it was more of a tweak. Like I got on the third round and I felt like this uh, real, like a little pop kind of in my uh, upper leg. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, that's not good, but I'm three rounds in. And I knew I needed to get at least six or seven rounds. So, yeah, um, I just, I don't know. I just kept chugging. No, I'm, I was, I was I'm fine. just kidding. I'm right there with you. I had like actually a weird, um, like left knee tweaky thing pop up kind of right in the middle because of the way that I was maybe because of the way I was, you know, twisting and stepping down with those uh, box jump overs. Right. But luckily it's, it's completely gone. Played four and a half hours of pickleball yesterday. So I'm dialed in. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if there's one lesson to learn, there's, it's always, you're pretty much always going to do better your second attempt, like almost every time. So the fact that you were able to get like kind of a trial run in, um, and not technically do it two times, but sort of also do it two times. It, there is some efficacy for like, for doing like a, a trial run of the workout, whether you finish it or like do a couple rounds at game speed you were exposed to it. So you knew what it was going to feel like. And then you, you know, were able to see a big improvement, uh, you know, when it was actually go time. Um, it's pretty cool. And hopefully you're feeling good for, uh, for this disaster of a workout that's uh, coming up for 22.2. Well, I went, I went home after that because I knew, you know, I had that little 
sore spot. And I was like, I'm not sure if I've pulled a muscle or just tweaked something. Like I was kind of limping around a little. And so I have a routine for that, which includes a hot salt bath, man. And I know I'm going to make fun of for that, but I'm telling you what, man, go get the Epsom salt and a jacuzzi and hang on that thing for about 30, 45 minutes, man, does a world of good, absolute world of good. And truthfully, like I know I kind of mentioned our other sponsor third Z, but you know, getting back to sleep and recovering through sleep for, you know, a couple of days after made a world of difference and it's gone now. I feel great. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Sleep is the key. Um, and you and I are like, I'm, I've, I've actually, it's funny, like the bag that I'm going through right now with Thursday, I purchased at full price, you know, like, I mean, I, I'm an actual user it's, and I don't suggest supplements like hardly ever, right? Like it pains me to even suggest a supplement, but it's one of the few that I really love just adding to the end of my day. Like when, when it's time for me to wind down, maybe I'm watching my episode of Alone, which I'm finished now, which makes me really sad. Um, but, or like I'm reading my book and it's time to wind down. I put my phone away. It's like, I just stir me a nice cold glass, of, a third Z and it's delicious. And it just kind of shows my body that it's, it's bedtime. Um, who knows if it's, uh, I actually, I know it's not placebo because there's actually some scientifically backed ingredients in there, but for my body, it just like, it's just a cool part. It's, it's the coffee to my evenings. You know, I drink coffee in the morning as like a more of a ritual than, than anything else. And also the caffeine is pretty nice. And in the evening, it's sort of like the nighttime coffee where it's rather than waking you up, it's settling you down. And, you know, my body's starting to become ritualized to it. Dude, it's been, it was invaluable in week one of this open for me just to, you know, get sleep those couple of nights. And I mean, I've been, I take it every night regardless, because it helps me wind down as well. Um, but, you know, I think the key for me, like I said, I overslept, but I woke up refreshed. Like I didn't wake up like all drowsy and like, I don't know, like I used to take Tylenol PM at some point in my life and, or, you know, and you just, you wake up the next morning, you feel like you're doped, you know, like you're just like totally yeah. drugged out and you can't move. This isn't like that. Like I woke up ready to go. Like I hit the ground running. Um, yeah, and another another thing on that, um, there's a reason you don't feel all dopey and tired. It's because there's no melatonin in it, and that's very strategic. A lot of these sleep supplements out there, including some of the top competitors, like they just throw some melatonin in there because they're like, "Oh, this will knock them out." But you're playing with the hormone there, and that's we actually talk about it in our recovery RX course that I shot with Justine. Like, you don't want to mess around with with hormones necessarily. There's kind of like evidence that it might not be good to supplement with, especially for a long period of time. So, so the supplements or the, you know, active ingredients inside of third Z uh, potentially do a better job of like, you know, getting your body primed to use melatonin, but not necessarily just say, Hey, here's the drug straight up. So that that's probably why you're not waking up feeling super groggy. Yeah. Well, I, I'm taking two supplements currently. I take, you can, um, when I want to do long workouts, which by the way, I didn't even mention when I did the 15 minute, um, uh, 22.1, there was no additional 30 or 45 minutes after. So that you can bar was wasted. I was, I was so blown up from that workout. I just sat on the bench and just coughed for 30 to 45 minutes. Nice. Uh, but then I take third Z it's really kind of the only other supplement I'm taking right now. Um, because for me, you know, particularly at this age, sleep is my number one friend, man. I need it. So yeah. Go get yep. it. Uh, thirdzy.com. T-H-I-R-D-Z-Y. Our code is scales. S-C-A-L-E-Z-Z-Z. 
Triple Z. Triple Z on the end. Don't Triple Z. It. And uh, I think it's 25% off if you use that. There's a link in the bio for the all the pages we're on. So, all right, enough of that stuff. Let's talk about this scary-ass workout. 22.2 deadlifts and bar-facing burpees. Snooze fest. Boring. <laughs> I was so bummed. I was, like, ready for there to be some sort of twist or some sort of, and then, but no. Um, oh, dude, it's a I love couplets. love couplets. Love it's them. a test. I know, but come on guys, make it exciting. Like, why is it not exciting? The whole world because it's just, it's just two movements and we, it's going to blow up everyone's back as if they're not already blown up enough from wall walks and, and dumbbell mm-hmm. snatches. It's so it funny just, you say that. It was that. a little... Lack I was tweet- of creativity. I was tweeting okay. earlier that you know last week it's like, hey guys, look, we're really worried about your safety, so make sure you step down from the box, no rebounding. This week it's yeah, like, like, hey, just- high rep deadlifts, let's go. You know? yeah, let's do a hundred, a yeah. hundred deadlifts with a hundred burpees. Um, well, you know, I'm, defense, I'm being a little bit. Yeah. In, in their defense, Ben, it's a really short time cap. So like, it's really cute that everyone's sitting there going, Oh, I've got to do a hundred deadlifts. No, no, no. You're probably no. doing 50. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Most of us are going to get to about 50, you know, maybe a little bit more like it, it, we're going to be going up the ladder while all the games athletes are coming down the ladder. So yep. um, it is what it is. I mean, it, it is a good test. I'm not here to, you know, poo poo on CrossFit, but um I think it's, it's going to be a sneaky workout, just like all the other ones. The, the main, like I've already, t- we've already met with my team and to discuss strategy. Um, we like when it comes, I'll start with the burpee. I really think a couple keys to the burpee is to mark your hand placement ethically with your, you know, talk to your gym owner before you're just like chalking up the floor, like a mad man or mad woman or mad thing, you know, whatever you define yourself as, uh, <laughs> So take your, take your chalk, um, or take your hands, chalk them up lightly and like kind of put your hand placement where you're a safe distance away from the bar where you're not going to whack your head on the bar, but not so far away that like you have to take an extra step to get to the bar. There's like that sweet spot there. Um, that's do that on both sides. That's just going to help you like know exactly where to put your hands for every single rep. And then next, there's actually a standard this year where the athlete does not need to take off with two feet. And I was like, man, like Laura Harvath definitely isn't jumping and landing with two feet. Well, you don't have to. The only standard is your feet have to be in the air at the same time at some point during the jump. That's a huge, huge improvement, in my opinion, on the standard. So you don't have to like worry about clicking your heels together or like jumping and landing. Like there's less explosiveness. You can kind of just like, you know, fairy jump. Uh, what do I call it? prance? You can be prancing over the bar and that still counts. Um, so prance over the bar all you want, like a fairy, and you'll, you'll be perfectly fine on those, uh, those burpees. And then, uh, I like the idea of like gliding into it, meaning we call it a glide step at wad prep. So basically like you touch your chest to the ground. And then as you're getting up, you know, you kind of step up with your lead leg and then you start turning in that direction so that when you're jumping over the bar, you're jumping like at a 45 degree angle or almost laterally. So you're almost ready to be facing the bar again. And then you jump down into the next rep. So I like the step up, slight turn, jump over, prance over in this case, and then jump down. That's the burpee. And obviously I'll have a video demonstration of this on 
you know, Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that. But that that's the burpees. Any, any other thoughts on the burpees there? Well, first of all, I'm not really sure how fairies prance, but I'm going to go back and watch Peter Pan and see if I can look at Tinkerbell and see what that. Oh, you'll uh, find it. You'll find it. I'm, I'm sure it's out there. Well, I'm always, I'm always, I always have fun when you go to your team and have notes because I already have my notes to see how close I am since I'm the only one without any kind of license here. Um, <laughs> we, we had the exact same note about stepping into burpees. I think that, I think that's a really key, particularly those that are going to be scaling this. One of the keys is going to be, or even if you're RXing it, because this will be one a lot of people will be able to, uh, yeah. even those that are, you know, kind of a scale and bailer. I think stepping in the burpees is a real key to, to A, save that step you're talking about, get, getting you closer to the bar. But for me, it also is going to eliminate some of that extra hinge that comes in when you're bringing both feet up at the same time. Like for me, I, I always try to, in a workout like this, where you have two hinging movements, the the more I can get some relief on my back, the better it's going to be for the longer haul. And that's only 10 minutes, but it's a lot of reps. So I think stepping in is important. I think you have to find a good pace for yourself. Like I put in my notes, don't come out too fast, but find a pace. So I think you have to find one that works where you can continue to get back on the bar and continue to get back into the burpees without taking long breaks in between either one. Yep. Like I don't, I know there's people out there right now already trying to game it going, you got to go really fast on the burpees or you got to go really fast on the deadlifts. I don't think so. Nope. Going, nope. You um, actually, I actually saw that in the women where um, Emma started to catch up to Laura because Laura did. came out really hot and Emma was very consistent and over time started to catch up to her. And I really think a more consistent approach will get people more reps as long yep. as you don't take breaks in between the movements. So for me, that's yeah. like on the burpee piece, that's it for me. It's like, you got to find a good pace and, and, um, you know, don't come out too fast. The other thing I would put for those that are, you know, kind of in this or worried about their back or the scaling, you know, one of the keys to being quick on burpees, as you saw Laura do it, is she stays really low and hunched over the whole time. I wouldn't do that. I would actually stand, stand it up. It'll slow you yeah, down a little can bit. Help unload your back a little bit. Yeah. You got to unload your back on this one. If you think you're going to have back problems, like the, the longer you're hunched over, two things happen. Your bag doesn't unload, so you're putting pressure on that. And secondly, you can't breathe. And that's the worst problem, to be honest, for yeah. a lot of people. Like you're gonna your heart rate's gonna skyrocket and now the deadlift's gonna feel heavier than they already do. Like just so many problems that come from that. So don't stay low, stand up. Yeah. And then on that burpees, like one thing that I wrote down here is like I, my, my challenge to everyone listening, regardless of the division, is try to keep your burpees the same speed the entire workout. And only as a clock is ticking down, like maybe the last 90 seconds, that's when I want you to try to increase the pace. Uh, I say this, it seems like every single open workout, but like this one is going to be super, super tempting to like come out hot. And yeah, you'll climb the ladder really fast, but then you're just going to hit this point of exhaustion. I mean, you saw Laura Harvath do it and she's an elite, elite person. Um, and it just she had to take a lot of breath. Like she probably rested for a good 30 plus yeah. seconds worth with her hands on her knees. So I would suggest use that as an example. We, we would do that, except we're also going to suck at the deadlifts. So, so <laughs> with those two things combined, like how can we make it so that we're not gassed on those burpees and we can just keep a nice steady pace the whole time. So like for me, I'm going to be doing the burpees at like 75% speed so that I can move the barbell effectively um, and efficiently and 
that 75%, 80% kind of like effort will eventually catch up to me. And then my hope is that I have a little bit in the tank that I can push starting around that two minutes or 90 seconds left range where I can really crank it up. What are your, how are you feeling about the deadlifts? You said you were going to suck on them. Like what's your main strategy for those? Yeah. So the deadlifts, um, I have a couple of really good notes here. So number one, if you're someone whose lower back blows up with deadlift workouts, myself included, like this is a, this is a movement when it's fast 225 deadlifts, like my low back just gets toasty. I like, I'm, I'm probably not going to do it because my one rep max is, you know, this is probably maybe 50% of my one rep max. The, the overwhelming majority of people, especially if you have low back blow up issues, I think singles from the get go because the lower, like me lowering the barbell, all that's doing is just in, is, is like putting pressure on that lower back every single time. So if you're doing this RX and the notes I have is like, if your one rep max is anything less than 315, or when you approach 225, you don't think that you could do 15 reps unbroken, right? If you're like, oh, fresh, I can do 15 unbroken to this. If you're in either of those camps and, or you, you can't do either of those things, I would kind of suggest singles from the absolute beginning. There's a way to do quick singles, especially if you don't have a barbell that's super crazy bouncy. Quick singles are a really effective way to just get through this workout. And it's just enough like rest in between each movement. And it's preventing you from all, like literally half the work of lowering the bar back down or, you know, like maybe a quarter of the work of lowering the bar back down. You don't have to do that. You just drop it, let gravity bring the bar to the ground. And then I'm going to bend over, brace and stand up. I think that's going to be a way to save a lot of people's backs. Uh, so singles highly recommended for a lot of people. And then next, make sure that when you're standing up the deadlift, you're not standing up. And then what, what I call peacocking, like a lot of people have this issue when the barbell gets heavy, they, they, they get it to full range of motion. And then they kind of like lean back that lean back where I like make my chest super proud. And I kind of like my shoulders go way back behind the bar. All that's the, the way that that's happening is your, your basically your lower back muscles are flexing to cause you to be able to stand up all the way. And you're just blowing them up. Like you're just, you're, you're, it's just going to cause you to blow up a lot quicker. So I would challenge people to try to like, it might almost feel like you're flirting with the standard. Make sure you talk to your judge, but all that needs to happen is your shoulder needs to be, I think at, or maybe slightly behind that barbell. So I think it's slightly behind. So when you stand up, don't rock your shoulders back, just stand up all the way, try to keep your core nice and tight. And whatever you do, don't overextend um, at the top. That's going to save your back a heck of a lot. Um, and I think, I think that's kind of it. Like those are the, the two big ones um, I would suggest for a lot of people wearing a belt, like I never wear a belt in training, but this is game time. I'm probably going to wear a belt, but I'm going to have it at a medium tightness to where it's not going to slow down my burpees. And then on bigger sets, like if I get into the set of nine and 10 and nine again, I will spend the half second to just strap that, that weight belt in just a little bit heavier so that I can do that set quicker, or in my case, hopefully uh, unbroken. Um, yeah. So that's, those are the deadlift tips I would talk about. Man, almost all the same tips. I, I'm definitely wearing a belt. Um, I'm the same way. Like I don't wear it as much in training these days, but I think this is one where you have to, you have to, but you're going to have to be able to breathe too. So keep it loose enough that you can breathe and move through the burpees. Uh, singles. That was top of my list, dude. I feel like you looked at my notes. Um, I did. I steal your coaching all the time. 
Well, I mean, those are the two things that I've learned always through burpees, like, I mean, sorry, through deadlifts that are tough for me is that coming back down on a deadlift, I feel it's like I, you know, I'm, I'm not the strongest athlete and I lose some control there. Like I have more control coming up than going back down. And so it's easier for me to drop at the top. You know, I know that drives some people crazy, but I think this is the workout. You have to do it. You have to stay on the bar though. Like it, it will take discipline if you're doing singles to talk yourself into getting back on the bar quick, particularly in that round of seven, eight, nine and back down. Like For you start sure. going back down that ladder, you know, 10, nine, eight, seven, six, like it starts to get, you know, some mental discipline. So stay on the bar, but singles are fine. So I, you know, I would recommend having like some sort of, you know, a metrodome, you can't use a metrodome, but you can, you know, you have to have like some sort of count in your mind. I usually just make sure I'm facing the clock and I'm, yep. I'm looking and going, all right, every two seconds, I need to be touching this bar or every three seconds, like whatever time frame I'm setting for myself for singles that usually yeah. works for me. Uh, and then the P I've never heard it called peacocking before, but that's a pro mm -hmm. tip right there, man. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've made that mistake of, oh, man. you know, you mean you're, you're pulling it up your thighs. And so you're wanting to get to full range. And you think in order to do that, mostly because you see videos of people doing it, you have to lean back into it and you really don't like, yeah, so to get fully standing, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a power lifting, um, competition standard where they like, they really want you to like stand all the way up and like lean back to get the rep. Right. This is like CrossFit is a very clear standard. Your hips need to be fully extended, but a lot of people will think fully extended is actually overextended. Um, so just be really careful with that. Make sure that, you know, shoulders get behind the bar, but don't do that lean back. Uh, and you should save your back in a big way. Um, and then like the other, like the last big tip, and I'm definitely going to have at least one funny video about this. It might not be twerking level, but um, I have something that's called the dilly dally alert. Okay. That I want everyone to have going on in their head. If you even think about moving or walking more than four feet away from that barbell, you are wasting time, right? There is no need when you're done that burpee to do this like huge meandering loop, you know, to get back to the bar or in your, what exactly we were talking about, when you drop the barbell, when you're doing uh, singles in the deadlift, you don't need to like stand back up. You don't need to put your hands anywhere. All you need to do is drop the bar, bend over, grab the bar, pick it back up, right? So there's going to be, there's a lot of room for dilly dallying. Uh, as my, as Tom Jawalski, my dad would say, there's a lot of room for dilly dallying in this workout. Don't do it. Don't spend time in between every single set, unless this is like close to your one rep max. Um, restrapping your belt every single time. Like the belt should only be used when it needs to be used, which shouldn't right. necessarily be in the beginning of this workout. So um, dilly dally alert. I would almost imagine me or John just, just like whacking you with the PVC pipe every single time right. you're dilly dallying. You know, my other tip for, and this is for anyone that normally scales, like, or really for anybody doing this, this is not, the open workout to have an ego in like you can do a lot of damage with heavy dead lifts doing enough reps, not because de I don't believe deadlifts inherently are dangerous, but I think high rep, no. anything can be dangerous, particularly at heavy weights when you're moving as fast as you can. And so I guess what I would ask people is like, you have to assess yourself here and decide how far you're going to get into it and do one or two things. You either need to scale the weight back, and still focus on good quality movement and range of motion, or 
you need to slow this down more than you think you do. Do not sprint yep. through this thing. Like I personally, I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do. I have no intent to sprint through this thing. I'm going to make sure the deadlifts look good. And then I'm going to try to move at a nice steady pace on the burpees and walk away uninjured. That's my goal. Like I want to walk away and I want to walk away from this one. This isn't the one I want to be laying on the floor afterwards. If you're laying on the floor afterwards, you're probably going to be holding your low back crying like a little baby and it's not worth it because you're not going to be able to do next week's workout and you're certainly not going to be able to train for the next three or four days on that note quick thing like so i was fully planning to wait until like i'm going out of town tomorrow morning what else is new and i don't think i'm going to have time to do a friday night lights like i did last week so i don't have time from friday morning until sunday night usually i'd be like i'll just do this monday morning no problems i'm I might try just squeezing it in tonight and just like videoing myself here by myself because I know this is going to absolutely crush my lower back, which is still struggling from the last workout, but the carryover effect from this workout will probably wreck me for uh, 22.3, which I hope will have all the fun stuff that I'm good at. Otherwise I might not make the quarterfinal and then I'm done for the year. This would be great. But, but I'm, I'm looking at this as someone who doesn't necessarily, I'm not too worried about like strategizing to make it to the next level, but especially if you are, or if you're really trying to maximize all three scores, this workout, if you do this too late in the weekend could have a carryover effect. It's up to a hundred heavy deadlifts. It could have a carryover effect that could really prevent you know, any sort of squatting pattern, like if there's like a front squat or a thruster um, in 22.3, guess what? Like your low back is already going to be pretty smoked. So I would just, you know, be careful. It's only 10 minutes, but I'm, you know, personally trying to get this done maybe tonight just to get it over with and give my back some time to heal. Yeah, this is a one and done. No doubt. Oh yeah, and for it, sure. It should be for most. I know there's some crazy people that are going to do this more than once, but I'm telling you like, I have zero intent to do this thing more than one time. Like I can't even imagine a scenario where I would do it more than once. It's just, it's, it's so It's many. always, always the heavy deadlift workout. Like when it does show up inevitably, I don't think we had one last year, but like when inevitably when it shows up in the open, the heavy deadlift workout is always the one where it's like, right. do not repeat this. Like, especially if the deadlifts are the limiter, which they will be for a lot of people. It's like, well, absolutely do not repeat this. Like you're just, you're kind of digging yourself your own grave for the next workout. Well, here's my last tip and then we can wrap it up. And you know, I'm sure you'll want to speak to this and set expectations for yourself going in. So here's my expectation for myself. I know how long it takes me to do a hundred burpees that are not over the bar, right? You have a hundred burpees. If you did this thing end to end, you also have a hundred deadlifts. So add those two together, right? So if you just stuck with the burpees for me, like a hundred burpees in seven minutes, isn't flying, right. but it's pretty good. Yeah. Right? Over the bar, kind of flying, you know, Yeah, over the bar, that would be flying. So if I were, if I did a hundred burpees over the bar in 10 minutes, I'd probably be feeling pretty good about myself. So like I'm going into this thing thinking, all right, I want to get to the round of 10 and whatever happens after that is gravy for me. Right. You know, because there's also deadlifts involved and I'm, I know I'm going to do some singles. So I guess, you know, set some expectations for yourself and don't feel disappointed when you go, Oh, I didn't finish it. Hey, guess what? Like one of the fittest teams on earth just didn't finish this thing. And you're going to see a lot of professional athletes not finish this thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this, 
you're not finishing this workout. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe the scale division, if you have a crazy, if you're a super strong deadlifter, but uh, I don't, I don't think anyone's finishing this one. Not, no, no one listening to this podcast, including your two hosts. We're not even kind of come close. Yeah. I won't be in the ballpark. Like, I don't even think I'd be able to finish the scaled workout. Like to be clear, <laughs> like, I don't think I would do it. So there's still a hundred burpees in there. Yeah. I don't think I could. I was looking at it. I mean, Laura Horvath is certainly infinitely stronger than me and she's infinitely faster than me. And she finished like what? Nine thirty-seven or something. Yeah. Zero chance. Zero chance. All right. Well, good luck to your back. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, um, one last thing on the deadlift I forgot to mention. So like if, if the three fifteen max or the 15 rep max didn't compute, Basically, if the weight is anywhere close to about 70% of your one rep max, then probably do singles and try not to use bouncy plates. If, if it's lighter than that, then, then use bouncy plates because stringing them together, you kind of want to use the bounce to your advantage. But if you're someone who's going to be dropping the weight every single time, you don't want the world's bounciest bumper plates because you're going to have to let it settle and it's going to get annoying every time. So just that was a quick note there. There you go. All right. Well, I think we've given all the pro tips. All we got to do now is go do it and see how it goes. I am so excited. And also I am so sarcastic right now, (laughs) (laughs) but have fun, you know, embrace it, have fun. Even if this isn't, you know, you can kind of tell I'm being a Debbie Downer, everybody, but, uh, but I know I'm going to have fun with it and I'm excited for another week of the open and I'm going to do my best to make some helpful and then also funny content uh to to go along with this workout all right let's make it happen all right it's been fun man appreciate you taking a few minutes to do this i know you got a busy rest of the day so i'll let you get to it for everyone listening thanks for joining and we will chat with you guys next week